Well, uh, we are going through a series in the Beatitudes. So uh, this week we were talking about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if you have Bibles with you this morning, you can open them up to Matthew chapter five. And we are actually gonna be in verse six today. Uh, And to start out, I wanna ask you all a question. And that question is this. What makes you experience a sense of desperation? Like, so this is, this is uh, a thing that we can relate to as human beings, right? Uh, this uh, experience of being desperate. Like there are times in our lives where we, we really need something and we don't have it and so, so we are desperate for it. And so uh, just talk through some situations of desperation. As, I, uh, as I've talked to people at Village Church and, and maybe recent experience or, or things that we've gone through, some, some desperation that has recently existed or is currently existing amongst the people of this church. So uh, if I've, uh, in the last month, talked to several people who have had flooded basements because of the, the weather and the, uh, the rain. And then on top of that, there was like a power outage. So that lasted for 24 hours. And uh, with a power outage comes all of the stuff that like keeps water out of your house. So a sump pump and stuff like that. So I, uh, I talked to a number of people who had, had flooded basements. And that is an experience of Desperation. You have people who are desperate, not well, for the power to come back on. They don't have any air conditioning. Their food could go bad. Uh, but then they're also desperate just for their house to be dry, right? So this is this is the experience of several people who have who are among this congregation. Um, Another experience, so we have a number, as the next gen pastor, I have the opportunity to get to know moms in this congregation, and uh, particularly stay-at-home moms. And if I know one thing about stay-at-home moms, it's that they're, they're desperate for adult interaction, right? Because you're spending so much time around kids, you just need somebody that you can talk to, that you can interact with, that, that sort of understands and thinks on the same level that you do for a little bit. People who are sick, injured, ill, that are, that are held up in bed or in the hospital or uh, in, in some sort of center, uh, they are desperate. They're desperate for fellowship. They're desperate for people who can just come visit them because they're so isolated. So it's an experience of desperation. A parent who has a child who is not following the Lord, that parent is desperate for their child to repent, for their child to change, for their child to trust and begin following Jesus. And so these are experiences of desperation. And as I'm talking, you can probably think of some of your own experiences of desperation where you, where you just sense that you lack something that you really, really need. And this is why we're talking about desperation this morning. It's because Jesus is going to be talking to and about people that are in a very desperate situation. It's a different situation maybe than the desperation that we experience, but it is a desperate situation nonetheless. So Matthew 5 verse 6 says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now I'm going to give a bit of context. As we've been going through the Beatitudes, we've been talking about what Jesus is doing 
with these beatitudes. So the word beatitude is a Latin word for blessing. So Jesus is giving blessings here. And this is what he's doing with this, these blessings. The first thing that he's doing is he's empathizing with a particular group of people. So he's looking at a particular group of people. He's telling them that I see your situation. I understand what you're going through. Uh, and he, he's trying to relate to them. And ultimately what he's doing is he's relating to them for the sake of opening up their view to, to a bigger picture. So he's, he's talking to them about the reality of their life, but he's using that reality of their life, that thing that he's relating to, he's using it to, to open up a bigger picture of a reality of the kingdom of God. So that's what he's doing. He's empathizing with them. And then the next thing he does is he blesses, which means he tells them God's favor is actively upon you. Like God is working on your behalf. God is going to do something for your sake. And so he offers them through this blessing a promise. And that's what he does. And the third thing that he does is he recalibrates or dismantles. So whenever Jesus is teaching, he, he's acknowledging that there's something wrong with the way that we see the world. And then he's trying to implant in us the way that God sees the world. So he's trying to bring the way that we see the world into alignment with the way that God sees the world. And so he is recalibrating the way that we see things. And this is ultimately what Jesus is doing. In the Beatitudes, he is casting a vision for what happens when he rules as king and not Caesar. So Caesar is the king of the Roman Empire and there are all these problems with the Roman Empire. Jesus is, is showing the people that he's talking to, this is what happens in my kingdom. He's casting this vision. And so then the other thing that we have to talk about is who Jesus' audience is. Jesus has the poor, the lower class with him. And remember that there's no, there's no middle class in, in the group of people that Jesus is talking to. There are two categories of people, the rich and the poor. And so definitely one group, the people he's healing, the people he's casting demons out of, the people he's spending time with, um, they're poor people by and large. And so like the people who fit into this category are those who are physically hungry and thirsty. Another group of people that he's talking to, he's talking to the religious elites, those who, um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those who think they have uh, God's religious system all figured out. And so, uh, so he's talking to them, and these Pharisees and Sadducees, they're, they're coming to listen to Jesus, and they're, they're honestly just trying to figure him out. He's just sort of come on the scene. They don't really have an opinion about him. I can tell you that by the time that Jesus finishes with this sermon, that they're, uh, they're not going to like him very much. And uh, so then the third category of people that he's talking to are his disciples, people who have forsaken everything so that they can follow him. And the disciples know that this thing of following Jesus, that it's good, but they're honestly still trying to figure it out as well. So Jesus is talking to all of these people, and the first thing that he does is empathize. So point one in your notes, empathize. Are you truly hungry and thirsty? Now, before we actually get into how Jesus empathizes, we have to clarify a few things first. Uh, uh, first, we have to talk about the experience of hunger and thirst, uh, what it's not. So the, the experience that Jesus is talking about is like, not like the experience that you're all going to be, ex like, be experiencing in about 15, 20 minutes, like you're 
you're going to start to get hungry, be thinking about lunch, maybe somebody's going to go to Chipotle, like I don't know. So, uh, so that's not the experience that Jesus is talking about. Like I say probably three times a day, if not more, I'm hungry, okay? But that's not the kind of hunger that Jesus is talking about. So this is not like being behind schedule for lunch. This is not eating later than you had planned to eat. This is not your like stomach growling or a, a cotton mouth kind of experience. This is also what it's not. It's not an exclusively physical 